So what happens when you uh, stay up late with the entire family and you're all playing Minecraft and having a blast? Yeah, you end up doing the podcast alone in the next morning. <laughs> so ah, this will be my first podcast alone without anybody to bounce off of. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it. And good morning. Welcome to the morning grind. It is Friday, which is a free for all. Anyways, my name is Joey and this is a stupid podcast on everything. I am going to talk about different things of advice and I'm going to do that while I'm talking about how everything is kind of stupid and how it culminated. You know, we came up with this podcast. Um, Kiki had come to me and asked, you know, uh, she's asking if I had listened to one of the podcasts that she really enjoyed. And I said, no, I'm not really a podcast person, which is kind of weird because I'm a trucker, right? Well, at least I was I was fully at the time that she asked. And podcasts make sense, right? You go through your day, you, people listen to music, or you can listen to other people talk. And there's only so much you can listen to music. Now, don't get me wrong. I love music. I love all kinds of music. I love music from the uh, golden age of music. I mean, I worked in my mom's antique store, and Pete, who was upstairs at yesteryear's marketplace um, in Vallejo, would play just beautiful oldies. And I mean... Pennsylvania six five thousand standing on the corner watching all the girls go by, you know we listened to all of that and you know when he wasn't there, it was one step up and we were listening to Sinatra and so and then when I wasn't there I was out with my friends and it was the eighties and so we were listening to just you know everything from the eighties from all the rock bands uh, when I was hanging with you know, my friends who were rockers and, you know, it was really cool because when I was a kid, we had all those different groups. So I would listen to, you know, I would, I would go hang out with, with another group of friends and we'd listen to all the hip hop and rap that we could and, and knew all the lines to it. I had uh, family friends who, you know, they were like, oh yeah, my parents always listened to 70s stuff. And so we were listening to stuff in the 70s while we were playing in their backyard, you know, thought it was so cool that they had indoor speakers that they used outdoors <laughs> you know they never sounded great but you know they didn't care because they got them at the thrift store and and you know there were just wires that just ran to it and if the speakers broke who cared they were a couple of bucks each and so we would listen to you know everything and music was a huge part of our life you know and uh it was hilarious because never listened to talk radio right and i just I didn't. Um, and then I got into school and when I, I mean, when I got out of school, um, high school and got into college, you know, everybody was listening to talk radio and everybody. And, and I mean, oh my gosh, cause everybody in college, college is so pretentious, right? And I'm the only one that can come on here from our family and say this. Um, for now, you know, I know that my girls are going to get into college and we've all talked about which colleges each one of them is going to go to. And I'm sure it'll change three times before then, but college is so much pretension and I broke that mold and found the right people because I couldn't handle it. People were, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this as somebody who was a college kid. We have no right in you know, elementary school, junior high school, high school, college, 
We have no right to tell people how the world works because we have no idea. I'm 50 and I'm just getting to that point where I'm like, oh my gosh. And I mean, seriously, I'm realizing just how hard the manipulation is. And now there's people who are like, oh, well, yeah, I see it on both sides. I, I get that. But most people don't, right? Most people, we, we sit and we, we're told this this story that you, you follow steps A, B, C, D, and these are your lives, right? This is why you, you need to understand. And if you don't think you're programmable and you don't think you're manipulatable, um, these are important things to know because here it is. Most people who join the military at 18 are Republicans. Most people who go to college at 18 are Democrats. This is not a coincidence. You need to understand this. And you might, you know, be thinking, well, you know, there's a host of factors to it. There are. And those are the factors that are played to, right? If you're, look, if you're a pedophile, you're not going to be going to a college to find your victims. You're not, right? You're going to be trying to get into an elementary school. And when you realize that those who manipulate you, it doesn't matter what party you're affiliated with, know that, hey, well, this is where we need to go. These are the people that we need to target. And this is, you know, we call it profiling, right? But marketers call it demographics. And that's that's the thing is that you sit there and you go, okay, this is your demographic and these are the people that you're looking for. And when I realized all of this and I started really looking into this, I'm like, my gosh, we are a manipulated society and we are manipulated to the point where everything is a polar extreme, right? There are listeners that are out there for us right now who either Donald Trump is absolutely amazing or Donald Trump is a crazy, insane you know, uh, xenophobe, out of touch, racist. And then there's those of us who are like, well, no, he's just kind of, you know, <laughs> he was the president, you know, and we know that when we look at things that we go, well, you know, he did get a good economy and he made it better. And, you know, no matter what you think about the pandemic, no matter what, let me, let me phrase this, whether or not you believe that COVID was as, Deadly and dangerous as, as anything, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you know, it destroyed our economy and whoever, excuse me, <clears throat> was going to come in after that was going to be a single term president. It, we looked at it and we're like, yeah, we know this, but mar but marketers get to look at the world a little bit different, Right. We get to see things a little bit different because we recognize that marketing carries three different aspects. You have fear, you have association, you have greed. And it's like those are the things that you're looking at and you use to target and fear. You know, this president comes in, he's going to ruin the world and we're going to have World War Three and we're going to be in a war with North Korea and women's rights are going to you know, be destroyed. And he's such a racist because of things that he said as a career politician and all of these things. And you sit there and you go, both sides are doing this and both sides are playing us. And so you always have a slightly different perspective when you're somebody who recognizes manipulation. Now, 
Um, you've heard us talk about it before, unless this is your first time joining us, which in which case, welcome. I am sensitive to manipulation, and that is because I dealt with manipulation hardcore growing up. Um, you know, my mom's manic bipolar. That's just that's where it is. It's not something you get rid of, mom. So you don't. I just feel better, so I stop taking my meds. No, I, I see it when I'm talking to you. I absolutely know it's still there because I know what to look for. It's all good, but you know, I grew up in that, and so. I am a little oversensitive to it, but I see it in everything. I stopped watching um, any news channels, right? I, I just had to because they're both full of it. They've both been full of it, right? And anybody who says that that CNN isn't full of it, go back and look up YouTube. Look up CNN Iraq War fake because they took that Middle East war and they were doing it on a stage it was caught. They staged it. They still do it. The government is paying subsidies to news stations and media outlets. So, of course, the results are biased because of that, because people still want that money. Same thing with anything. You have to look and see where their bias comes from. And so when you sit there and you get to that point, you just stop watching it. If anybody thinks that Fox News isn't biased, then ask yourself, why did they fire Tucker Carlson? You know, and then if you're mad that I said Tucker Carlson, please understand that the only lie that I actually caught Tucker Carlson in, because I was looking for the the good bombshell, and I've seen people online, and I've kind of gone through half the stuff people say and most of the stuff people say, and go, mm, that's not the truth, and that's not right. But when I turn around and I look at, okay, he said that those guys were escorted uh, were escorted around on January sixth. You know, like they were on a tour guide. And that's that's not the truth. That's that's not what it was. So, you know, when you when you see things like that, you go, OK, you know. Yeah, the bias is sitting on both sides. You, you kind of look at things a little bit different. And that's the way that I looked at it. And that's the way that I've always looked at it, because, hey, bias is bias. I have to try to live my life without bias because I am a marketer. Right. I have to be able to write business plans, marketing strategies. I have to do consumer demographic analysis. I have to do competitive analysis. And, you know, I have to look at strengths, weaknesses, obstacles, threats. I have to do projections based on markets and market trends and the time of the year and looking at where we're at economically. It's really scary to me to know that how much we're mirroring where we were pretty much 100 years ago right now. And that means that we're heading towards a Great Depression. You know, and the only way that that changes is is to unite people who are so divided that a beer triggers us or people's decisions about a beer triggers us. Right. That we don't believe that most people aren't this radicalized nut job on one side or the other. And when I talk to my friends who are liberals and I tell my ask my friends, are you OK with drag kids and, you know, uh, telling kids that they're allowed to take puberty blockers. And and most of them are like, no, kids are stupid. We were kids. We were stupid. I know we were stupid. We made ramps out of cinder blocks and shoddy plywood. And, you know, none of us who didn't or we didn't die, <laughs> you know, so the thought that we we were able to get through this without, you know, uh, kids making stupid decisions. And so you look at it and you go, OK, well, why 
are is it's being so pushed and it's being so pushed because of the money because gender reassignment surgery over the course of a person's lifetime is worth millions of dollars and by saying that this is part of normal medical care the medical industry can take that money directly from you know the universal health care and they can take that money and so we're paying for it you know when it comes to college tuition look I'm, I'm gonna say this so you understand both sides college tuition was never this much I sat there and I look at it with my with my girls and I'm like are you kidding me this is insane you know we're not talking about just the units here but we're talking about the, the price of books and everything else I graduated college honestly I spent like 10 grand a year and this is in the 90s right now it's like I'm sitting here looking at this and it's like 40 grand a year for just a regular college. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, I, I'm glad my daughters are going to a preparatory school because there's no way. It, it's absolutely, absolutely insane. And, and so we sit there and we say, okay, well, you know, we have Biden. Biden's telling everybody that he wants to forgive their college debt. And it's one side is like, good. You know, let's let's forgive it. And the other side is like, are you kidding? Because the other side's being told that it's our taxpayer dollar. And why am I have to pay taxes for, you know, what you made an open decision about, which is true. But I think we could solve that problem if everybody would just look at it and go, hey, you know what? Two things. Number one, it shouldn't cost so much for a federally regulated and funded institution that's already using our tax dollars to work to charge people to help society be a better place, to better prepare them for the world. Because we weren't prepared for the world in, in high school. You know, the other side of it is say, hey, what about if somebody goes and serves four years in the military? Shouldn't they be allowed or afforded at the, at the end of that term? have four years of education paid for completely doesn't sound crazy to me you know what about people who can't you know join the military well then they can't look if you have things that you have problems with in life but that's what i'm saying is that you know, that's why i'm saying i should say don't make college so ridiculously prohibitive to go to i went to college you know what I learned? You know what I learned? I, I'm going I'm to tell you the, the best thing that I learned in college was not to be a college professor. That if you met and, and I said this and I, I, I will tell you, um, I'm not going to say my professor's name. I'm not um, really didn't call him professor, called him Mr. He was a very egomaniac guy who was very obvious that he was uh, preying on young college people i'm not going to go beyond that you know but to say that those of us who caught it were calling it out right and left to everybody else in the class when when he wasn't around but i didn't like the guy from the beginning i didn't like him because he sat there and had to sit alphabetically and if you didn't know my last name is zeleny so guess where i sat guess where i had to sit in the literal back corner of our class so 
furthest away from everything, furthest away from, uh, this is going to sound funny, but it really did matter to me. I was the furthest away from the air conditioning unit and heater, so that sucked. Um, you know, but I was the furthest away from everything that was interactive. And I always try, and I'll, I'll tell you this, if you're going to go to college, uh, don't think seating assignments like front, try to be in the center. As close as you can to the center, try to be there because you get to interact with all of the groups. Worst place to be is in the back corner. Anyways, so he goes one by one. He sits there and says, oh, I'm, you know, I'm Mr. Blank. And I, you call him, I'm Professor Blank is what actually, yes, I should have said. Um, and I'm sitting there going, why are you a professor in marketing? But okay, I'm brand new student, you know, so I don't know squat. But I realized just how ego he was. We took our entire, not, not, this is what's, what's nuts. We took an entire two days going through the class, answering one ego stroking question that just nauseated me. He's, what do you hope to learn from this class? And he started with a girl and I was like, this girl's parents knew what they were doing because her name was Abby Adams. So that girl obviously was sitting in the front and I'm sitting there with the last name Zeleny going, mm-hmm, yeah, okay. And one by one, they would answer the question, oh, I, you know, sir, I, I want to learn so much and, you know, you're this marketer and you're this great. And, and the more you kissed up to this guy, literally, that was the grade. The more you kissed up to this guy, the higher your grade was with less effort. I had to sit and there's 36 of us, right? Which is weird because by the time, um, you know, we were done with the class, there was like 18. I mean, literally it was crazy. It was nuts. But, and one by one, everybody kissed his butt, you know, and the people who were there just sitting there going, going through it. Oh man, I really, I really want to know your expertise and your years. And I, I know, you know, you, sir, sitting with your masters and da 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 and this and that. And, and boy, he was just great. And this was a graded assignment. So we were already being manipulated. And I already saw the manipulation and was already hating it. And he, one by one, goes down the class for two days, giving people A's for kissing his butt. So the butt kissing was just rampant. And in about the middle of it, Somebody just sat there and said, hey, look, you know what? I just need my business credits. That's this is just that's where I need to that's where I need to be. And he's like, mm, OK, well, that shouldn't be your motivation for being in this class. So you've got to see. And so, of course, everybody else is like, holy crud. Right. Oh, my gosh, First grade. Da, 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 da. And so comes all the way back and comes to me and he says, and you, Mr. Zalini, which was the most common way people would say my name wrong. He goes, what do you expect to learn from this class? And I'd had it. I had absolutely had it. I was just sitting there going, man, maybe I'm just in the wrong field. Maybe I'm in the wrong industry. Maybe I'm, maybe I've made this horrible decision about what I was going to do with my life for the last three years. And this is not going to work because if this is the way that this, I should have joined the military, but I only had my GED at that point. And so um, the army wasn't taking people with GEDs and I had had, um, an injury and under, uh, Clinton's army, I was just happily They were like, man, just don't show up. You're done. Uh, and that was like, okay. So 
I was like stuck and, and I just sat there and said, you know what? I just don't care. I, I genuinely don't care. I'm so upset about this. I've made this horrible life decision. Here I am wanting to be a marketer, but if this is what marketing is, if marketing is kowtowing to the manipulation, I just don't want to be a marketer. So I looked him straight in the eyes and I said, can you ask me that one more time? And he just looked at me just snidely and he goes, what do you expect to learn from this class? And I said, nothing. I don't expect to learn anything in this class. And he was mad because we had to buy his book and I had bought his book, didn't buy his book used. He had everybody buy his book, signed to the first page of the book, then sat there. And that way, if you had one of his books and it had his signature already in it on this first blank page that says this page kept blank intentionally, then he wouldn't let you in the class. And so you spent, and at the time for me, it was a lot of money. It was $65 for this one book, but now these books are like $300. It's ridiculous. And he goes, what do you mean you expect to learn nothing? And I said, well, let me ask you this, sir. If you're such an amazing marketer that you're helping mold our minds, why are you a teacher for $60,000 a year? And why aren't you working for a fortune 500 company pulling in a, pulling in a million dollars a month? And everybody just got wide eyed. People started laughing and everything else. And he hated me. Oh, how this man, this teacher named after whose last name was something you would associate with a con artist. Not dumb bunny, but Zootopia people will get the reference was so mad at me. I was like, you obviously couldn't cut it in the business world. You weren't able to be successful at it. You are 55 years old. You are here among a bunch of kids. Your claim to fame is making us buy this ridiculously priced book. And now you have everybody question after question stroking your ego. So you want to know what I'm going to learn from this class? I'm going to learn what not to do. I am going to learn how to not mess up and not how to turn my marketing career into being a teacher and to be an actual business marketer. So I got an F on my first assignment, but here's the greatest thing about it is when our Dean found out that this, that was our first two days of class and it wasn't me, which he was insistent. It was me. I was like, I didn't even know anything about how college worked or anything like that. Found out about the class then that grade for that first assignment, because it was strictly opinion, became null and void. So my first grade was an F and my first grade didn't matter. So 35 people in that class, 34, because like I said, somebody was just really honest, um, realized just how easy it was to be manipulated because that's what marketing is. Marketing is 
a big part of, let me phrase this, a big part of the mainstream marketing is manipulation. Find the things that people are passionate about and then to respond to them accordingly. And that's what happens. When you sit and you watch a commercial and you watch a commercial, let's, let's just go back a couple of years. Dr. Scholl's, their foot in shoe inserts, right? They're just pads. That's it. Most shoes have pads, but these are extra pads. And so you get these gel inserts and their, their marketing strategy was, are you gelling? And they use associative marketing, right? Again, fear of loss, association, greed. You're going to find one, if not all three of these things in every ad and everything that's worth anything that people remember from the very beginning, right? And people, the question was, are you gelling? You know, so you go to this party and all these people who are there, are, you know, wearing beautiful shirts and these, you know, dapper clothes and have these exotic drinks in their hands, sit standing around in a circle are, and are asking each other, are you gelling? I'm gelling. Are you gelling? I'm gelling. Are you gelling? And then they cut over to this guy who is nerdy and awkward and out of place. And they say, what about you? And he goes, oh, um, I'm gelling. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're not gelling. Like, I, I, I swear I remember that he got pushed in the water and then everybody, ha ha, made fun of the guy. That was this class. That's what marketing is. And that's what a big part of marketing is. And so when I sit there and I watch news, I look for it. And I'm, so let's let's go through this. And uh, it was a long time getting to this. But I want to I wanted to put the story to this fear of loss, association and greed. So with the Dr. Scholl's gelling commercials, it was about association, right? With Jaguar, we call it certified pre-owned instead of, hey, you want to buy a used car? Um, you know, oh man, there's nothing like a certified pre-owned Jaguar. There's nothing like a used Jaguar. doesn't sound as good. When you see somebody and they buy their wife a car and they're standing, they're standing in front of, you know, a $15 million mansion and he surprises her with a used car. See, you say it that way and you're like, nobody with a $15 million mansion is buying a used car. And this, it's not just a matter of status. People with a $15, $15 million mansion know that a used car is going to break down, need more work, and need more service than just buying a new one or leasing it outright and then being done with it and not having anything to tie yourself to afterwards. Great way to do things. But again, that's the way association works. Fear of loss. We all see fear of loss. Limited time only, right? Promotional items. We see it all the time. You go to a fast food place. The McRib is probably the McRib and Monopoly game are un, undoubtedly uh, two of McDonald's most famous marketing campaigns because they're an example of fear of loss, right? Man, Monopoly, you could win a million dollars a year for the rest of your life. Sounds amazing. Right. Or you could take a lump sum of a 20 year payment, assuming that you were going to live for only 20 years, which isn't a wrong assumption. And especially if you're eating McDonald's every day and getting fries and getting all this stuff and you get all this free food and you're like, yeah, I got so much free food from all of this. But you didn't because you went there and, and what you got was, you know, 12 cents worth of potatoes, you know, in a free fry thing that you'd already spent three dollars for. To Of course, you're not going to just get fries. You're going to get a drink, which is hands down the most profitable thing that they sell, you know. And so in that, you sit and you look at everything and you go, okay, you know, you, you understand that 
those those things are only there for a limited time, so people go nuts, right? Sales for McDonald's in their quarter in their quarters when they're doing the Monopoly game never are never anything than amazing. The McRib, their sales almost double when the McRib is out. And the McRib isn't that great. And there are people, oh my gosh, are you out of your mind? Because that's what marketers have done. Marketers have made you think the McRib is this amazing thing when, hey, listen, you can get almost the same thing from a Swanson's micro or microwave family meal riblet, you know, and it's like, oh, no, you know, it's a little different. Now get get raw onions, get some pickles and get a dry bun. And there you go. It's literally almost the same thing. It's nothing is so amazing that these these promos should be so big but they are and that's what everybody looks for is everybody looks for for these things is fear of loss and it's like you hear you know our zero point uh zero point uh percent apr financing for a vehicle only through the end of the month only through tax season we you know and then we so we sit there and we're like okay i better i better do this fear of loss is used by our government why is why do we have april 15th as our tax cutoff it is the most stressful time of most people's lives. Why? What's going to happen if you're late? Since most of the time you're just owed money back because you're filing in paperwork for an interest-free loan that you gave the government for money that they've, they've taken from you that they took from your employer. And when you are get out of college and you understand the basics of, wait a second, I make this amount of money, but this amount is taken out in taxes from my employer who had this amount taken out from taxes who let, let's go real honest about it. If you work at McDonald's, the cycle is that quick, right? Because look, McDonald's pays me money and they take out taxes. Okay. But McDonald's got that money and that money was taxed, but that McDonald's got that money from people like me who were paying taxes on it. So when you realize how short that cycle could be and you understand that that's just a nice little whirlwind that the government reaches in there and grabs as much money as they want and you sit there and go, whoa, you know, but you, you look at at this and go, man, I better do this all by April 15th. And, and if I get money back, then whew, look at me, I'm getting all this money back. Yeah. But how much money got taken from you in the first place? But that's the way fear of loss works. So if you don't do it by April 15th, man, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out in a big way. So government uses it, you know, greed, greed is a huge one, right? How many, how many YouTube videos do you have to watch with some guy who is using pretty much all three because he took one year or read one book on marketing, whether it was Moses on marketing or, you know, Insta loss or whatever it was, rubber chicken marketing that the, they sat there and they took this one class. And then you see this guy and he's in front of this amazing house and you know, he's got these beautiful cars and he tells you, he reads a book a day and you know, in that and, and is just makes millions of dollars, but doesn't tell you how, but tells you that, if you want his system and you want to follow his system that, you know, he can make you a millionaire. Well, no, he doesn't. He's, I can give you the tools to make you a millionaire because if he says, I, I will make you a millionaire, then guess what? Then he's got something legally binding. He's, I'm going to give you all the tools to be a millionaire. And then what do they teach you? They teach you to do the same thing that they're doing. You know, these people that you've never heard of. And it's like, and they tell you how you're going to be a millionaire. You're going to be a multimillionaire. Okay, so if you're a multimillionaire, if you're worth billions of dollars, 
are you charging people $300 a seat to come to your seminar that's going to be in their town that was nondescript in, in the ad in the first place? And you go and sit down and you listen to this whole thing where you've got to buy this marketing program. Look, these are all scams. And it's like greed is there and greed is a, a motivator and greed is what makes people move. Greed is why we move no matter what. Even you can sit there and try to say that somebody has the most selfless attitude and is the most selfless person and does everything for everybody else. But there's greed in that. If you don't think that there is in everything that we do, there is greed in everything that we do. There is is that want because we've been conditioned that way. When I sit and I go and I help somebody and they don't understand that I don't have a motivation to it, it's because I'm fighting my, those natural things. And that's what I do. I fight association. I fight fear of loss. I fight greed, right? I sat there and um, one, of, one of the cars that Amy and I bought, it was actually the first car that we bought, was a 2003 Buick LeSabre Custom. Limited edition. It was a, cel- a celebrity edition of the Limited, right? And so it was the top of the line. And we went there the day after their 0% APR. And why? Because I wasn't going to buy into that. And they're like, oh, well, you just missed the sale. Oh, well, if you can't honor that, then never mind. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. We'll see what we can do. Bam, guess what? Trying to get us to buy this $50,000 luxury vehicle. We told them we're not going to spend a penny over $30,000. Leaving leaving there, which, by, by the way, if you're buying your first new car or anything like that, leave the dealership. If you can't leave the dealership, then you're going to get happy salespeople, which means that you spent more money than you should. We left. It was 15 minutes after they closed. Told them that if they couldn't get to $30,000, we want to hear it. We were hungry. We were going to go have some sushi. We were sitting there eating sushi, and they said, okay, you know what? We have $30,800. That's that's it. That's where we're at on this $50,000 car. And we're like, all right, write up the paperwork. And they're like, well, we can do it for tomorrow. No, and we close in like 10 minutes. Not today, you don't. If if you don't, then we don't need it. I'm like, I and boom. Guess what? That greed turned around and made them write up that deal and everybody stayed late. And my salesman was miserable because I found out from him talking to him afterwards. I said, hey, you know what? (laughs) How much did you actually make on this? He goes, I made 40 bucks and I had to split it with the the underwriter. And I'm like, so you made $20? And you go, yep. And I made you work three hours for $20. So, yep. So I gave him another 20 bucks, you know. Because he was miserable. I made miserable people. That was how I knew that that deal was right for everybody. But greed helped me get the best deal out of that possible. But greed was the reason that they stayed there that late. Greed is an incredible motivator. Greed is the reason that, you know, one party is targeting college kids and younger, uh, younger voters because greed is, hey, we want you to have free stuff. We think that you, your health care should be free. We think that your college should be free. But here's the secret. Your health care is paid for through you in just a few years. Whether you like it or not, because. Listen, when I was 19, I could get full medical coverage for myself for $100 a month. No joke. Did it. Now, for my family, okay, for just six people, we're talking about $2,200 a month under this Affordable Health Care Act. (coughs) So guess what? That's what happened. And college... 
everybody who has a student loan and you're being lied to and told that that the government want that one party wants to eliminate your your debt, which then what do they do? They they didn't made it. They weren't even going to eliminate. They were going to eliminate twenty thousand dollars of it. Remember that two hundred thousand dollar education they were going to pay for, and then they were going to pay for twenty thousand dollars of it. Then they were going to pay for ten thousand dollars of it. And now the Supreme Court has, as everybody who just looked at it from the outside, predictably rejected it in its entirety. But it was never going to pass. And why? Because over 90% of student loans are held by the federal government who uses that debt as equity to borrow against to pay for more debt. No joke. It was never going to pass. Roe versus Wade? Oh my gosh. Biggest lie that we've been given to. Roe versus Wade was about freedom, autonomy. Roe versus Wade is about murdering children. Roe versus Wade is about the rights of the people to, to you know, live free and to make their own free freedoms and decisions. Roe versus Wade was about the death of a life. It wasn't, and it wasn't overturned because of it either. Roe versus Wade was overturned, and it wasn't overturned. Not kidding. Roe versus Wade was handed back to the states. You can still have an abortion in California. You can still have an abortion in, you know, what is it, 17 states. There, You're still free and clear on, on abortions. And most of those are, you know, just a few hour drives from states that don't. And Roe versus Wade was a precedent that your federal government didn't want set because they knew once it was set under one, because it was a set precedent, once it was overturned, that precedent became endangered. It's not about a life. It's about control. Roe versus Wade was literally taken away from the federal government's hands and put in back into the hands of the states. That's all they cared about. That was it. It was that this had grossly overreached and the federal government shouldn't have a say in it. The federal government shouldn't have parks in each state. How ridiculous is it that Texas can lose a federal park why? Why don't the, don't the states have control of these parks? This is federal overreach. Oh, well, the federal government's paying for this. And well, great. So give us the money. Let us handle our stuff. Because that's what the federal government was supposed to do. And please understand this in the first place. And I've talked about this before. But taxation is new. Okay? We didn't always pay taxes. Taxes were absolutely not the way that it was supposed to be. It is the federal government overreaching what they were initially designed to do. The federal government was there to institute and make decisions based on things that were outside of the scope of the Constitution and things that were beneficial to the country as a whole versus on their own. Our military, federal, good, shouldn't be state by state, okay? Our roadways were federal. Our, you know, our highways, our, our interstates, excuse me, were federal and they should be. Good. That's what our tax dollars were supposed to go to. Colleges and higher institutions of learning. Yes. 
museums that were specifically outside of the realm and scope of what a state wanted to handle. Yes, these are things that should be federally subsidized. What shouldn't be federally subsidized is my medical decisions that you and I have been lied to, that we literally right now have to spend money from a government who is taking money from us that they print at a debt that we will never be able to get our life back from. Think about it. If you have a 40% taxation rate, right? Let, let's just, let's actually, they, they're even talking about that's probably closer to 50. So let's go to 50. And, and if you think about how many times that money is going back and forth, it's 50%. 50% of your life. If you live to 100, good job. If you live to 100, 50 years of your life were traded for money that has no value. 50 years. It's nuts. I keep going. I really didn't think I was going to be able to even go this long, but I could, but I'm not going to because we're going to run out of time. Let me know if you guys want me to keep going on this. I was going to read stuff on Reddit. Didn't do any of that because this is just, I'm looking at this and no matter what, you're either going to understand it or you're not. And I'm going to just try to untangle this mess because it's just become insane. Until then, I'm Joey. This has been the Stupid Podcast on Everything. All of our information is in our link tree in the description below. Peace out with your peace out. Have a great weekend. And, you know, start pointing out all your manipulation. Look at it. If you can find it, awesome. Find it in the next ad you watch. Listen to the next YouTube video and whatever that or video ad is or whatever it is that you listen to. Later. Later.